good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See this you is, next time. Yeah, yeah. See you next time. Thanks for the show. Bye-bye, everybody. Um, <laughs> this is RPG Cast 483 for December 1st, 2018, and my name is Anna Marie Pervetier. Hi, Chris Pervetier. Hi. Hi, Kelly Ryan. Hello. Hi, Jonathan Stringer. Mm, yeah, that's okay. right. And, uh... <laughs> Josh. Oh, damn. This is so bad. Why can I never remember Josh's last name? Carpenter? Yes. Okay, good. I am so bad with names. Why do I do the introduction? You're hosting this month. <sighs> right. That's the right. Only you right. We would not have chosen this voluntarily. <laughs> You're better than Phil Willis, who still won't get my name right. Kelly Ryan. How can you get Kelly Ryan wrong? It's, it's like two, first, two names. first names. Most Irish name I can think of. Phil gets no one's names right. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> okay. And explains why he typically calls me privateer when I'm on the show. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, hey, if you don't listen to RPG Backtrack, it is our other podcast here at RPG Gamer. So go ahead and check it out. Right now. Go. Go. No, no. Listen to us first. So we have been gone for two weeks, which means we've all been playing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Except for Josh. Some people have. Oh. No, not to match. Yeah, so Josh, what have you been playing? Because yours is... You You and Chris are boring, so we'll let you Woo! go first. <laughs> oh, <Woo>! that's harsh. <laughs> well, I mean, I did finish up... I mean, it's I've been gone for like three weeks, I think. But So I did finish up a couple other things. I finally, finally got around to uh, polishing off the last couple hours of Nayuta no Kiseki. And... Uh, I don't know that there's a ton more to say about that, but that game is really fantastic PSP action RPG. I, I had to laugh because you brought this up on Twitter and someone immediately jumped on you and went, I don't know how you can call the story terrible when you're playing a fan translation. And <laughs> Tom, previously of Exceed, who's like the biggest Falcom fanboy in existence, jumps in and goes, no, man, the story is terrible. <laughs> yeah, no yeah he basically jumped in and was like no no josh is underselling it it's really awful <laughs> <laughs> and it it is just like full of ah, jrpg cliches and just like bad dumb writing i don't know who the heck wrote that it's easily the worst falcom written thing i've played in i don't know how long but, but hey but if you want a zwei title with um, good combat yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird because it, it feels like an extra zvi game where you've got two different characters one that does ranged magic the other character that does like physical attacks kind of melee attacks and the zvi games were always like really cute characters and story and kind of meh combat and level design and this is the exact opposite where it's like really meh characters and dumb story with really amazing level design and really great combat like i i I easily think it tops all the psp ease games in terms of like combat level design bosses are huge fantastic kind of like tough um i i had to make use of the 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 Falcom thing where if you fail like a couple times in a row, it lets you uh, reduce the difficulty. I had to make use of that a couple of times with bosses, but really good, really fun game. And um, so I've also the, the only really other big thing I've been playing my weird schedule the last couple of weeks. Um, I've been digging into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 
And I finished Origins. I don't even know if I talked about finishing Origins. I know I talked about Origins earlier this year when I was playing it. And that game was okay. You know, it was their first full step into being an RPG. And I think that the, uh, you know, the ancient Egypt setting kind of helped carry me along in Origins. And But it still really felt like... Uh, the really simplistic way to talk about these two games is like Origins is the one where it's an Assassin's Creed game and they've bolted on some RPG stuff to it, but it still kind of feels like an Assassin's Creed game. And then Odyssey is kind of like it feels like a Western RPG that still just has a little bit of the Assassin's Creed DNA in it. And it's one of these weird instances where I'm wishing I had played like Witcher 3 because I think there's a that Odyssey is taking a ton from Witcher 3 and it's set up. It feels like it, but I've never played through all of, you know, I've only played just a touch of Witcher 3, so I don't really know to be able to make that direct comparison. But so, all right, I should start with the beginning. Like you start out, you have to pick which, you know, whether you want to go with woman Are or you ma- a boy male character. or a girl. No, I went with a girl, Cassandra. Ooh. She seems she's to be awesome. really popular. She's awesome. <laughs> and that's a big part of what I'm enjoying about this game is Cassandra is like a really well fleshed out, really well done character. She is. And, and you as you're playing. So you start out, you pick pick which one you want. And one of the first things they kind of like dump you on a small island and thankfully unlike origins was all over the place with its pacing it would just it it was desperate to kind of get you into like killing people really quick and then it would just bounce back with tons of flashbacks and this game still has some flashbacks to flesh out the story but it's it starts slow and builds so you do a few things on that first island and then you run into this guy who gives you this uh assassination job where he wants you to assassinate the uh the leader of the Spartan army. This is set during the middle of the Peloponnesian War. So between Greece and uh, between Athens and Sparta. And so, you you know, like that's kind of where you go off and start doing that stuff. And it starts opening up the world. And this game is just like ridiculously gigantic. <laughs> um, yeah, like Origins was like decent size this game is just massive i'm like 25 hours into it and i've maybe unlocked like a quarter of the map it everywhere you go there's just tons and tons of different um side quests to do the the game it looks really gorgeous everything for whatever reason they kind of picked a fall setting which you don't I don't know. It doesn't seem like you see a whole lot in games. You almost always see just like green and spring or it's snow, but they pick fall. So everywhere you go with that's wooded, there's just, you know, the beautiful colors in the trees and, you know, it being Greece, there's just tons of mountains everywhere you go. You're climbing up, up and down mountains, but the gameplay is still kind of like action RPG with, uh, you know, like light and heavy attacks that you combo together. And then there are uh, the, the special moves in this feel a lot more, uh, the RPG kind of uh, upgraded special moves feel kind of better integrated than they were in origins. It's a little bit easier to kind of like, it makes more sense how you're building up this, I think they call it the adrenaline meter. And then you can kind of use it to spend on 
uh, special moves that you can do. And un- unfortunately, Chris, it still does have the the eagle that you have to control, and there are What's way wrong too with many. That? I want the eagle. No. Oh, okay. I thought you got tired of the uh, missions where oh, you had to like. Yeah, because it doesn't work well. I well, see, that's I, you know, I gave up on the first game, so what do I care? <laughs> you know what I well, want? See, that... I want my kitty cat from Far Cry Primal. That's what I want, and I want to have it. <laughs> I want to be able to just point at people, whistle, and it goes and kills them. That's what I want. So well, if see, I can upgrade the... my eagle to do that, on it. Well, that's part of the RPG part of it is that you upgrade the eagle by each time you climb one of the. Uh... Oh, God, what do they call it in Assassin's Creed? Where you climb one of the towers and you synchronize, your eagle gets upgraded, so he gets better at better at finding uh, enemies. And it eventually, once you kind of get... I, it can be kind of annoying where there are lots of missions where it's like, okay, you got to find this person and, you know, either talk to them and kill them, and lots of missions start like, okay, you get you get close to them, and then you got to send your eagle up to kind of zero in on where the person is. So that can get a little tedious but the eagle itself is really useful when you've got like say you have to infiltrate a you know a fort or something to assassinate someone you can like send the eagle up find out where everyone is you can kind of tag them and once you tag them you can even see them even if you don't have direct line of sight and you can kind of like plan out your way of sneaking into a place and killing the one person you got to kill um i've also found a few ways where you can cheese it cheese the game where you can just like kind of climb up on if there's like a high cliff next to a fort you can just kind of climb on top of the cliff and just kill people with arrows and they never think to like climb up the cliff and come and attack you (laughs) so there's some of those weird little things that you can take advantage of but like the game has been really good like the story is well done it has lots of lots of the side quests are written in a way so that the decisions you make as you go along in the main game have influence in the later side quests that open up so like that very first thing where they send you off on the main quest to hunt down that Spartan general eventually you get to decide whether you want to murder him or not you can let him go and then there are side quests later on you'll pick up where it depends on which way you went with it which you know like a, a side quest will tie into that and reference it and there's a lot of that that goes on in the game where I there was one side quest I came like on that first island right when I started you come across this village where a priest and uh, some soldiers are just like slaughtering everyone. And they tell you like, oh, we're, we're killing everyone because they've got the plague. So we're trying to wipe out the town so it doesn't spread. And that's like your first choice is like, okay, do you save this family with these two little kids or do you just kind of sit there and watch them get slaughtered? (laughs) And it, you know, I decided to save the kids and then you get the, uh, you know, later on in the game, you find out like, oops, plague has spread on on the island you left. <laughs> it's wiped out a bunch of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wiped out a bunch of villages now. So there, there's some of that going on, too. It, it's been it's been good so far. I'm curious how well it will hold up because it's like I said, I'm like 25 hours in and I don't think I'm even halfway through the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's quite a, I mean, I finished Origins in like just over 30 hours. So this is quite a bit, quite a bit bigger, quite a bit longer. So I don't know if that will hold up. <laughs> don't know if I want to spend 50 or 60 hours in Assassin's Creed, but what I've played so far has been really impressive. That's good, at least. Yeah. 
All right. So, Chris, do you want to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2? I finished it. Yeah, you got credits. I did. They that were game, like half an hour long. That game has the longest epilogue ever. <laughs> yeah, it's it like 10 like hours six... of epilogue. <laughs> it took like three or four days to finish. It's like epilogue plus, you know, go ahead, free roam, or free roam and be doing post game if you want. And like, oh my gosh, I just needed the game to be done. I... I, I really like Red Dead Redemption 2. I have a problem with it. Uh, it gets to the point where it is so easy that there is no point to be grinding or, or unlocking anything in the open world. So, like, all that work I did, like, early on to unlock things was, like, cool. But then I never needed, like, most anything that I unlocked. And then was, How like, about being able to carry 99 dynamite <sighs> instead of three? Actually, they still limit your dynamite. Oh, my bad. Um, I could carry 99 canned peaches, though. There you go. That's very important, Inco- right? Accomplishment. I had 100 hay bales on me to feed my horse <laughs> at any time. Well, but I couldn't carry more than eight sticks of dynamite. So figure that one it, out. Is your character like superhuman strength? Because no, hay just, bales are gigantic. It's just in a bag. I just got a little satchel. It looks nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just you say that, and I'm thinking like the gigantic uh, rolls of them that you see in the Midwest. That if they get loose on the highway, like crush people. It was next to my 99 <laughs> carrots and my 99 pieces of corn, <laughs> and my 99 uh, packs of cigarettes, and my so 99. Here's sort of my dilemma. Of rum. Arm armchairing that game with you is there's a bunch of systems in that game that don't actually have any use. So, for example, there is a weight metric in the game. It does have a use. If you're, if you're underweight, you have less health, but you can run longer. If you're overweight, you have more health, but you can't run as long. And if you're not either, you have a balance of the two. Yes, but like three quarters of the way through the game, they forcibly make you sick. You're, yeah, you're underweight for most of that game, whether you want to be or not. Also, and, it's hard to tell when you go underweight, and then you just, it's just getting back to weight. Also, my horse was under... Everyone's underweight, all right? People need food in Red Dead. Like, Anna actually saw me sitting there at the camp. I ate 20 candies and then, like, 10 chocolate bars. Um, and then it popped up. You're underweight. A full buffet, <laughs> and I was still underweight. I just couldn't... Yeah. So it, I under, I think that it's a cool mechanic, but they broke it. So why have it in the first place? I don't know. Anyways. There's a lot of stuff. The, the crafting's awful to interact with, so you never do it. Um, you did the, it enough to get a trophy, and then I never like, saw you craft I again. Cra- I didn't even try to get the trophy. <laughs> they just knew, like, oh, yeah, this is all, this is all he's going to do, but we better give him a trophy for that. But. <laughs> I didn't want to craft anymore other than like I needed some meat at some point. So I cooked some meat. So I had some meat and I ate the meat and I was still underweight. So, you know, that's my life. The Red Dead is really fun to play and has a fun story. And then it gets like way long and overstays its welcome by about 20 hours or so. (laughs) And it's like this game needed some editing. Like it's not like it's not full of good, well done moments. It's just you don't need all of them. They they can be well done and not necessary at the same time, and that's what I felt like by the end of it. There but, was a game that I was it? playing earlier this year that I had. Oh oh um, yeah no, this was my complaint about Dragon Quest Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I remember having this conversation. I'm like, oh, this is getting intense days of ooh. Oh, wait, we've had this conversation. Aha! Okay. Yeah, so... So what, yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is that the writers really didn't need to spend 100-hour weeks writing the story when they <laughs> oh, probably no, no, could have no. cut off... I don't think it was the writers spending that time because the writers are the high-paid ones. No, it was the uh, people doing QA and stuff. And let me tell you, they didn't work enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, no, just not to disparage them. It's just, you know, this is a, a reasonably buggy game where things just work weirdly and inconsistently. And it'd be nice if it works better. But hey, I never saw like a person spawn in place of a horse model and run around on all fours like in the first game and, and other weird stuff like that. So they've made improvements, obviously. Um, my biggest problem with the game is like I, I really enjoy that game and I want to just go in there and like, OK, the story's done. I don't need to like go through this and try and check these boxes and be like, Oh, when is it going to end? Now I'm free to just do whatever I want. And there's really nothing to do that's interesting now. And that's like, they have this big open world and nothing to do. It's like, I could go hunt three more legendary animals, which isn't very hard to the point where you're literally basically checking boxes and then you get the legendary animal skin, which upstate, which why then I'm just going to turn around and turn in to upgrade some stats that I don't need to do stuff that, that isn't there to do. So... I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this open world game now that the story's done. And it's like, well, I guess I was supposed to just have my fun while playing the story. And thankfully I did. And now it's the like, I guess I'm done. Yeah, but that doesn't take any of my progress. <laughs> I'm not starting over for a different story with different people that I don't even know. And online. Yeah, because that's... Mm, I've heard about... I, I'm, an, I'm an RP gamer. I don't know how to socialize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about what happens on the onlines. It's like you get called things and people yell at you. And then people leave their mics open and you get to listen to very intense personal conversations that they didn't intend to transmit. <laughs> or their music. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's really hilarious because um, I, I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2 and it had like a GTA game in it. And it, it showed a kid like you know, PG cussing into the mic because he got killed. And I'm thinking, oh, movie, you tamed that down so bad because that's not what 13-year-olds on GTA sound like. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go see that Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, we do. It was okay. Not as good as the first one. Oh. oh but it has princesses. Oh, no, I'm done now. We're not watching it. I'm, I mean, it was good. You know it, I'm depressed, so let's go watch that adult Winnie the Pooh movie. No. That makes you even more depressed. <laughs> no, Vito. Why? Because <laughs> it looks awful. It looks, um, it looks sad. It, it does look sad. But why do you think it looks awful? Jonathan, make us less sad, please. Oh, bother. Uh, I hear Eeyore is the best part of that movie. Which I is love Eeyore. Eeyore is my favorite character. <laughs> so we but... have to watch that no, movie. No, 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 no. Jonathan, please go. Please get us out of this hole. <laughs> so still played a little more BF5. I'll get that one out of the way first. Um, I did all the current single player missions. And they're pretty well done. Um, I, I want to hear about Mutineer Zero because the, when the, you put this into the out? sheet, I was it's like, not out yet. I'm saving that to last. Oh, okay. oh, I'm sorry. Anna. <laughs> so did the single player missions on that, play a little more multiplayer. I think they've done some patches, some some little annoying bugs are gone. So that one's still fun, still enjoying. Um, two things that are new. So the next thing that's new is I've been playing 
uh, BattleTech Flashpoint DLC. It's got a little mini expansion. Uh, I hear that adds have, up to thirty hours of content. Yeah, there's a lot of Flashpoint missions they've added, and a lot of more uh, just of the random mission variety. They've added three new mechs. I haven't found one of the new mechs yet. Um, they've added uh, a bunch of more. Was it that that? Oh, they added career mode. So I'm I beat the original game story. Now I'm doing a career mode, so it doesn't have any of the narrative missions. And the narrative missions give you um, extra mechs and stuff. And so the career mode is more of a here you go, you get 1,200 days, see how far you can get, how how many mechs you can get, and how much money you can make kind of thing. So uh, you start out with different mechs, different mech pilots in a different part of the universe, and you just go and you do missions and try to build up your crew and your uh, – of mech warriors and your uh, mech base and see how you do. So I've been playing that. It's been pretty fun and addictive. Um, I, like I said, I haven't gotten to a flashpoint yet, but those missions are different. Instead of just a, another generic uh, side mission, it's actually like a two or three prong mission where you don't actually get to repair your mechs or heal your mech warriors in between. So if you have extra mechs in the base, you you know one of these four in the first one and then maybe another four in the next if those get banged up so it's kind of using your uh, resources a little more diversifying them and the there's actually story type content uh involved in those instead of a just go kill this or uh, go defend this kind of mission so i'm really looking forward to getting into one of those uh, overall uh, I, I love battle this battle tech game so this is uh, all great for me. So, the other thing, I got a review copy of Mutant Year Zero. Oh, so it's not out yet. No, it's not. It comes out next week. I think it comes out the 4th. And that's when the review embargo lifts. But you can stream it so I can talk about it a little bit here. Yeah, um, so this is an XCOM style. They just, revealed, they just revealed a new character in that game this week. The pig? Yes. No. Fox. The foxy lady. Ooh. Oh yeah, Feral. She's, she's actually a fox. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't found her yet. Okay. So on this one, I thought it was more XCOM, and they advertise it that way, but it's not really. I mean, it's XCOM in the sense that you have tactical battles. But when you're not in would... battle, you walk around the map in real time. Very much right. not like XCOM. I would say it's more like Divinity. Yeah. So you walk around and you get in battle and you go into tactical mode, and you just go and and, and you know turn base you know around. So it was not what I expected, but it doesn't mean it's not good or anything. I like those style of games as well. Uh, so far, I'm, I was really enjoying it. I stayed up way too late on a work night playing it the other night. Um, how how quick are the map um, is it map based or is it just an open continuous world how does it work it's it's map based so you go from one section to the other you kind of just run around and explore it that aspect of it i feel it's more like a diablo like when you're running around yeah it's where you have the you know you go from instance map to okay you're at the end of this you go on to the next map and it'll, it'll warp you to the next one um there's loot to pick up on the ground uh, a lot of it's in scrap. It's kind of like your money. And then there's weapon parts, which upgrade weapons. And then there are artifacts that upgrade kind of like your party 
so there are some RPG aspects. You can up, you can mutate your characters, or you get artifacts to upgrade, like uh, for the entire team. So and, when uh, you say artifacts, you mean like old cell phones and stuff from the previous human civilization? Or yeah, I found a uh, a boombox was one. Yeah, and the characters were talking about how. Be careful around that boom box because if you you turn it on, it goes boom. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually pretty. They have some pretty funny parts. Like the guy that that buys your artifacts from you, like one of the farewells he said to me when I left the shop was, uh, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. (laughs) And that's, uh, I don't know if everyone gets that, but that's from the Quint uh, quote from Jaws. Oh, yeah. Uh and so I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh, so hmm? I wanted to know how how slow is the game? Because the game looks like it. If if it's like Divinity, it's a very slow paced game. If you're doing battles and stuff, and if that's all the game is, I'm worried about the pacing and getting bored. No, you won't get it's it, the battles don't take that long. It's okay. you three versus Ed, and right now my guys have like eight nine H, X, uh, HP and the enemies have the most I've seen is 16 HP so far I'm sure that's going to scale I'm still early but I was watching um, a developer video where they had 25 and, and stuff yeah and your weapons get stronger though too so okay. my a lot of my weapons do 4 to 6 damage so I can kill most enemies on 1 or 2 hits right now and then the bigger ones you know 3 or 4 hits however the game is pretty hard so I've had to restart several battles and try from different angles and like well that didn't work well that didn't work let's try this again and a lot of it relies on being stealthy so you it, it's a very forgiving stealthy though so you turn off your flashlight and you just it's basically a click of the button uh to go into kind of stealth mode so your guys will start kind of crouching and they turn the flashlights off and you can stick stick them to hide behind cover and if they're hidden behind cover uh, well, your enemies walk around and they have a little ring around them. That's basically their they'll ID you if you if you're moving around inside their little zone of zone of uh, sight. And but if you're hidden, then they walk by it and your that that circle goes around you or over your spot. It doesn't reveal you. But if you're like sneaking around, it will. So you can the you can kind of see how the some of the guys patrols path around and stick them in high. And then you if you you can ambush them by pressing a button if you're hidden and in range. And that means you get to shoot at them first. Otherwise, if they catch you, they get first turn. So there are some advantages in the game where you can try to isolate patrols that are around like a bigger group. So they don't join in by stealthing around and using silent weapons on them. So I have a, like a suppressed pistol, my crossbow. And if you can kill him before he raises the alarm or, you don't make enough noise, then you can just kind of remove him from the battle. So I can, you go around and try to like pick off the stragglers, sort of, and then engage the main group. But trying to engage the main group and, and doing anything stealthy, they always see you if there's like other people around, so it's kind of not worth it. So it's only really worth it to try to kill the guys on the periphery. So that, that there's always an engagement there. Um, it is difficult. There's, there's a normal hard and like ultra hard or something and then the the way they describe it they say the hardest difficulty is the way the game is meant to be played Ugh, and I hate when th- people do that <laughs> if it's meant to be played make it normal and like what what are you even saying about your game 
So I don't know. I put it on the second one, the hard. I'm gonna put and it it's on still easy. Pretty hard. The normal is like the description is: you are new to tactical games. This is easy. You recover all your health after What's every it? battle. Here's my question: If mm-hmm. I go to easy, can I just spend the the game capping people and then customizing customizing my ducks bill? <laughs> I don't. Uh, the thing I think the thing with easy is that you re- recover all of your health after each battle. Yeah. So right now you uh, on hard you recover like half your health after each battle. Okay. And on ultra hard you recover none of your health. And med kits are kind of a scarce resource-ish. They're like 55 scrap to get them. <sighs> and that's the only way I found the heal. I I'm uh, you, you, uh, these hardcore PC people. They ruin everything <laughs> for me. Though like... you, I'm about to get the pig guy he has a skill like in the middle of his uh, mutation tiers that he can consume bodies to heal. Oh, great. So, Lovely. Yeah. So I can eat my enemies and they'll heal up. I, I can't wait to unlock that one. I think I need one more mutation point for that. All right. So, so can that, I customize their look is my question. Not not really. Not exactly how they look. However, you customize their helmet and their okay. body armor. And can I, can I make like... my duck smoke a cigar? No. But I made my duck have like this cool little space helmet, or like flight helmet on him. Right. And so your accessories will show up. Oh, can I give him like a flight goggles, like a launch pad McQuack or something like that? Or... No, I haven't found goggles yet, but oh. I, I gave my pig a visor. All right. He looks pretty sweet in the visor. I'd want to give him a flight hat like Ace Duck from TMNT. He does kind of have, well, it's not like that. It's more of a, a like a helicopter pilot helmet. That's what I gave him. And then the girl uh, that I found, I can't remember her name, she's got a top hat. Can I put lipstick on my skills. pig? Is the question. No, Chris. <laughs> oh, okay. No. You can't put lipstick on a pig? Is that okay? And, and I think them being mutants. As they are, is a, is going is going to be a fairly significant story item. As no one else is really mutated like them, and they kind of start talking about, "Hey, we're the only two that are like this." So, I'm, I'm they they kind of are going there. So I'm not sure who, who, exactly. What are the only two? Sorry. The the pig and the oh and the doctor mutants that right. that are. So I don't know exactly. Well, we know there's I, another one. <laughs> yeah, apparently we've seen a news story about that this week. And so, yeah, these guys are stalkers. So what they do is there's this this place called Eden. It's kind of this not floating, but it's like this city up up high on like a uh, like a metal platform above a river, and you have to take elevated. That's the last bastion of humanity. There's a bunch of they're calling them ghouls down below, but they're not they're they're basically, they're not ghouls in the Fallout sense, but they're they're much more they're, they're smarter. They're more just like mean people. It's basically the best way. And they try to you know kill the stalkers. And your job is to you're kind of like the scavengers for Eden. So you go down to the the old world and you pick up food and you you find scrap for the uh, the the settlement or whatever. And as far as I know, that's it. Now there's talks that there's some great place called Eden that there's still humanity living at. And then, you know, there's food and everything. So, uh, you're following some trail that looks like there's some evidence about that. And that's kind of where the story is going. Eh, who needs food when you could just eat the people you just killed? 
Well, that's only for the pig. You'd be uh, the only one left alive. Well, you know, survival of the fittest. Survival of the piggiest. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, survival so far, I'm liking it. Um, I don't know if the the leveling up wasn't in, in that you don't actually gain well you, you gain levels sort of but you don't get health and stats on every level you can you got to spend some mutant points to get like another health or to unlock the skill and uh it i do like the humor and the dialogue some of it's really over the top cheesy so that's that's got something going for it the the gameplay is pretty fun and satisfying so it's not quite, you're not going to get as deep of a tactical experience like XCOM and you don't get as much, you know, character customization, but you get more of a, an adventure narrative type story. So I think that's the, the, the pluses and the, the minuses, I guess, or, or it's more of a preference thing on how it's uh, laid out. So that's basically where I'm at now. I still got, you know, a fairly long ways to go. I've probably put, put it in three or four hours so far. Cool. That's uh out next week, right? This week. Yeah, I think the fourth is. Fourth, okay. So, well, I'm sure you'll have more to share next time. Here. I'll be playing it, Anna, yep. because it's free for Game Pass subscribers. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, then maybe you'll talk about it next week. Kelly. Yes. You should talk about what you've been playing. Yes. Well, I caught them all. Yay. No, you didn't. There's no way you can possibly actually catch them all. They keep coming. They keep spawning more. <laughs> no, uh, I, I said that I caught them all, at least in Pokemon Let's Go. Did you actually get all 151 or 2 yeah. or whatever it is now? It's not yeah, hard. One, it's 153 yeah, it, probably. It, it really isn't hard. Um, they have a lot of systems in there that really kind of let make catching easy. And... If you play Go, you can get some of the ones that aren't in your version. And, ah, uh, okay. I thought you couldn't actually transfer them in in a way that you could use them. I no, they you went can't. to the park. Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah, no, they go to they go to the park, and then you can catch them in the park, and uh... use them however you see fit. The only problem is that once you put them in your Switch game, you can't put them back and go. Gotcha. Well, Anna, you better start loading up your game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, once I started uh, transferring them from uh, Go, it was actually kind of easy to catch most of them. I still had to have my husband get me a Growlithe and an Oddish because um, for some reason I just didn't have those Oddish. in Go. Oddish. Um, I tried to Shiny Chain to get a Meowth and I was up to like 160 before I gave up because of something else I wanted to play. Because unfortunately, if you turn off your game, your shiny chain ends. Hmm. Oh yeah, and you could do um, a lot to not interrupt that chain, but that's one of the few things you can't do. Yeah, stop the game. But um, yeah, because I had been chaining so much um, to catch some of the ones with the really low spawn rates, I was like level seventy on average by the time I hit the elite four. Which just decimated the whole team. I didn't even have to revive anybody. How did you get to level 70 without grinding on the Elite Four to begin with? I just caught a lot of dudes and transferred them. <laughs> you caught them all! Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, mean if Peter he, was 70 by the time he got to the Elite Four, too. I mean, it, on the Victory Road, if you chain, like, gravelers and get a perfect throw on the first shot, you can get, um, like, five times experience. Yeah, Chris then, hasn't seen me actually throw stuff, so I don't think he knows how the multiplier system works. Yeah. Yeah, basically you get bonuses for, like, catching it on the first try, getting an excellent throw. Um, I haven't seen you get things like curveballs, Anna. No, there isn't. Not as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hundred times easier to do the catching in handheld mode than it is in the TV mode. So do you do the handheld mode where you just, like, line it up and then take a picture of it, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, so basically. Anna's using that silly little Pokeball, so she's always "quote unquote" throwing at the at the thing, more like TV mode. Um, I don't think she's even tried it the other way. Have you? Yeah. Okay. She did not like it. No. Okay. I like the Pokeball throw better. If you're chaining, um, handheld mode is a little bit better because you can just like lock your arms in place and get a perfect throw practically every time. So we have someone but, in the chat asking if we think there will be DLC for Pokemon Let's Go. And the answer is no, because Nintendo has announced there will be no DLC for Pokemon Let's Go. Sorrel in the chat, chat room says that Pokeball is actually awesome for playing Pokemon Go on the phone. Yeah, because... Have you tried it? Well, the thing is, is if you connect that ball to your Pokemon Go, anytime you pass a Pokestop, it automatically spins it for you. Oh, I, I need to do that. I so need to do that because by the time I pass the Pokestop in the car, half the time we're uh, dri- driven past it and I can't get it. You need to have a Pokemon inside, though. Otherwise yeah, it but work. that's really easy to do. You literally hit start. It starts with one in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it you in the save menu, you can transfer any Pokemon to the Pokeball. It's super fast. And still play mm-hmm. with them on the game, too, can't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like they're not really in there then, are they? <laughs> no. Have you put your? Can you put your Eevee in, Chris? Yeah. Have you really? looked at how that looks on the camera? No. Okay. I'll look. Chris is wanking. I am not. <laughs> now I got to censor the podcast. <laughs> now he's wanking on camera. Oh, will you stop it? <laughs> also, that noise is really annoying. Please stop. Sorry, Kelly. Please continue, because I want to hear. I, I want to hear about Cattails, because I saw this game. Dang, I was building up to it. I am. Well, I have no timing today. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we, I don't have to talk about Kingdom Hearts because I started that, and then Cattails came out, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not playing Kingdom Hearts because I'm obsessed with Cattails. So here's kind of my question: Is I, I'm aware of this game because they hashtag all of their tweets with Harvest Moon. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at this game, and I have no idea why they're hashtagging it as Harvest Moon, because it sure as hell doesn't look like a Harvest Moon game. Please help it's me. More, it's more Stardew Valley, because, okay, you, and the beginning of the game is kind of sad. It got to me a little bit, because you're a cat... And your owner is basically dumping you in the woods because they don't want you anymore. 
And it's all in like a sepia tone sequence, and it's really freaking sad. And I thought I wasn't going to get past the opening sequence because it just got got me so bad. So you eat your cat, and you get plunked into the forest, and you meet another cat named Coco, who says, "Hey, sorry, your owner abandoned you. You're going to have to learn how to survive in the wilderness. So I'm going to teach you how to hunt, and then you can join up to." There are three different colonies that you can join to, you know, be a part of a colony. So you do that and you pick your colony. I picked the forest colony and you can make friends with each cat in the colony and you can also date certain cats in the colony. And you can get married and have kittens. Yes, and you get married and have kittens. And I think they're tagging Harvest Moon because you know you give gifts to the uh, so to the different cats. It looks like cats. everything about Harvest Moon except it doesn't have farming. Um, you one of your upgrades to a den, you can grow herbs. I haven't gotten that upgrade yet. So, but... Anna, if you don't think this is like Harvest Moon, you really need to take some time off your Natsume job and start understanding why people play your games. Because this is totally <laughs> hitting the same vibe for what people are getting out of your stuff. Okay. It reminds me way more of Rune Factory than it does Harvest but that's, Moon. But Rune's Factory is a Harvest Moon game. No. It literally no, says a Harvest Moon adventure on it, doesn't yeah, it? Uh, for the first one, but... Because it's a Harvest Moon game! No, it's really not... But yeah, you, it's the same reason why Propolaqua got these are called all the Harvest same Moon. things. They're the same genre, Anna. Yeah. Look at this little cat chasing the butterfly. It's so happy. It's like little um, butterfly. I'm gonna eat and, it. And yeah, you can catch butterflies. You don't get any experience for the butterflies. You can, you just kind of sell them for money. And do, the do current... you, after after eating the butterfly, do you throw up on the rug later? <laughs> No, but that's that the hilarious thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the hilarious thing is that you're catching stuff and you have a den and you put stuff in your den, and when you're you put the inventory in your mouth and drop it on the floor, and when you're doing that really fast, it looks like your cat is just perpetually regurgitating dead mice and herbs and berries. <laughs> totally and accurate. And I have a picture on my Twitter of my feline murder den because it kind of behooves you to save everything because certain cats like certain different um, dead animals. So my kitty den is just filled with dead squirrels and mice and birds and stuff like that. And one of the reasons why you need to save everything is because there are six pillars that you have to activate to, to, that you have to give offerings to in order to um, bring back the forest, forest guardian. And each pillar has a different theme. Like some of them have, like one of them has birds. Um, one of them has bugs that you need to catch. Uh, a couple of them have fish and like sea creatures that you need to catch. So really you kind of need to save a little bit of everything in order to revive these pillars and each pillar that you revive kind of gives you a different mission to do. Um, this all sounds like Rune Factory. Or yeah. Stardew. And, you know, I, I, I've been playing the crap out of this and I really thought I was going to get bored with it after like two days. But one of the pillars that I revived says that I need to um, open up this dungeon that 
and the the only way to open it is to have a key, and you have to befriend another cat in another colony and be, get them to trust you enough so that they'll give you your key. So you know, I go to the other col one of the other colonies, and their guarders like, "Hey, hey, we don't allow other cats in our colonies, and you have to give them gifts in order to gain their trust." Oh, so that you can- factions with rep. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also like territory wars where you fight battles with other cats to kind of expand your territory a Ooh, little bit. Does it turn into a muso? No, not really. The, oh. the combat, the combat in the game is very simple. You're oh. just it's the um, Z ZR button, and you're just swiping yeah, at it's, things. It's tap combat. I'm yeah. kind of wishing the they have like really pretty art for the game. And then when you actually look at the game, the game doesn't use any of it. Nope. <laughs> it's very confusing yeah. to me. <laughs> I mean, t- to be fair, it was only a husband and wife team that put this together. So they probably didn't have very much in the budget or time for Wait, better art Wait, I saw three assets. people were developing it. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. I, I saw that it was just a husband and wife team. Yeah, the, there's two of them. And then there was one more that they added to their developer page. Anyways, but carry on. But yes, I, I am. I am Husband, in love with wife, this game. Husband, wife, and cat. <laughs> I, I am in love with this game. If you can't tell, you know, a simplistic art style aside, um, I'm playing. I'm playing a feral cat named Spot after mm-hmm. my favorite stray cat that I had a couple. I had when I lived with my parents that unfortunately passed away, and right now I'm dating a brown tabby named Scout. Um, the one thing I find interesting is that they don't really specify the gender of any cat in this game, so it's kind of you're very androgynous. Um, I mean, there's like a couple of them that have male or female names, like Arthur or Misty, but you don't pick your gender at the beginning. So, you know, it's kind of up to you whether you're a gay cat or a straight cat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I do, I do know that um, I want to have kittens eventually because I think the kittens can come with you in battle. But I have to work on uh, work, working on my love with Scout. And you have to upgrade your den to have a, a nursery for your kittens. And um, Of course. Yeah, and one of the other things that there is that and that's definitely the Rune Factory connection is a random dungeon with different floors that you have to go down. Yeah. And um, those you get mole currency to spend on stuff. <laughs> mole currency. Yeah, they said that your muse are no good here, that you, you're earning mole money in mole the mines. Money. All right. So I'm interested in trying this, so I will probably check it out. Yeah, um, pro, pro tip, at the beginning, put all of your points into hunting. Okay. Because um, hu- hunting can get very difficult. Or, uh, hunting takes a little bit of getting used to, and because you have to sneak up on prey and then wait for the uh, circle above the prey to fill up, and then once it's full, you pounce. And it can be a little bit difficult getting the hang of that, but um, putting all of your skills into hunting makes that so much easier. And eventually you get, um, you get like a little compass that lets you sniff out prey. 
because it just um, it spawns randomly on the map. And the other thing, too, is that there are certain birds and stuff that you need to get for the pillars that are very rare spawns. Like, I need to catch a blue jay right now. And I haven't been able to find a blue jay anywhere. And every time I have found a blue jay, I've accidentally chased it off. So, yeah, hunting is what you prioritize. And then probably fighting and then foraging and then swimming last. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So I guess the only one left to go is me. So I had kind of an interesting couple of weeks. Did you just lose the pin for my calendar? <laughs> Chris is very upset because he lost the pin for my calendar. Um, yeah, so I've been having an interesting couple of weeks for gaming because I played PC games. That what? Happens. I know, right? Yes. I haven't yeah. had the messenger on Steam. I'm like, yeah, what's yeah. going on here? Jonathan messaged me on Steam. He's like, you're playing a computer game? <laughs> um, and so what I was playing when Jonathan messaged me is a game called Not Tonight, um, which has sort of a very similar aesthetic and gameplay loop to Papers, Please. So you're very pixely characters. And so the idea is, and you guys are going to laugh about this. It's like, what if we took Brexit to the extreme? And so uh, there's a political party in power that thinks that anybody who is two generations or less of British is now a foreigner. So I am like, you get to choose your origin story. But it was like, I was the granddaughter of a Spanish immigrant whose papers have, quote-unquote, mysteriously disappeared. And so, um, yeah, the idea is, is they're kicking everybody out of Britain who is, like, a grandchild of an immigrant or newer. And so there's, like, this Britain, uh, Albion something, and they're the Britain First Party. And so... I live in a European concentration block. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they go all out with this. Oh, and wow. um, I get a phone that has apps on it. And one of the apps is called Bouncer because they have decided that is the um, career that I'm going to be funneled into. And so I go to various places where I need to bounce at the door. And it starts out um, pretty banal. You, uh, you're bouncing at a club. Um, and then things get kind of crazy because the, uh, the xenophobic political party gains more and more power as the game goes on. And so you start doing things like um, they're building a, um, a, a, f- flood, a flood wall around London. It's 10 feet tall. And uh, after the election where they seize basically all the power, they stop calling it a flood prevention wall and just call it a, a flood gate prevention and just start calling it a wall. <laughs> <laughs> also, everybody calls me Euro, even though I was born in like Birmingham. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you bounce some clubs and then you start doing things like bouncing the London Wall and the uh, border yeah. to England. Um, and then you start to do things like bouncing the elections. 
and you have to turn away everybody. So everybody as part of this political uh, group getting power, everybody has to have an ID card and it says where they were born and what countries they visited. And then partway through the game, you also everybody also has to have a social card, which says how much they make and their social score. Um, and yeah, it gets wild. You have to like check to make sure that the flag is right and the ID is stamped and their birthday because everything is 18 plus. Um, and then sometimes there are tickets you have to take and the tickets have to be stamped and dated correctly. Um, and then once you get the two cards, because you have your photo ID and then your social card that has your social status on it, the pictures need to match and they don't want people who make a certain amount of money and you have to have a good social score. And so, yeah, it starts to get like pretty intense. You're checking like 10 or 15 sort of aspects of crap going on at any given time. Um, the thing that I really, really love about this game is it has a colorblind mode. And so like, um, for, and, and it's particularly important for me because one of the things you have to do is it, you, you know, an ID is fake because the flag is black and white instead of being colored, except uh. I, I was struggling to tell the difference between a France flag that was colored and a France flag that wasn't colored. By the way, the French get minnowed out very quickly. <laughs> the uh the the political party in power ends up faking a bombing and blaming it on the french so then you have to find all of the french people that are trying to get into various things like the clubs and over the border and you have to send them away even better is um when someone has to pass over a border either to get into london or to get into the get into britain um there is a visa that they have to have and um, it will randomly pick, not randomly, but like the guy will pick jobs that he decides will not be admitted into London today. And so at one point he's like, yeah, you know what? If there are any mimes that come, just tell them to piss off. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised you can play this and not feel kind of cringy given how scary it is to our current political climate. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it starts out really innocuous, it starts out as like um, bouncing ridiculous bars and stuff. Pivoting into bouncing the London city and the UK. It feels less creepy than papers, please. Hmm. But yeah, this is a, uh, th this, uh, this was sort of a very interesting game to play in the current American political climate. Yeah. And I, I did I, enjoy it because it, it, it really does feel like Papers, Please, but less ominous because Papers, Please, you're at the border and you're turning away people that are pretty much guaranteed to die. Yeah, Papers, Please is uh, next month, one of next month's free PSN games. I don't even know if I'm going to boot it. Up you should. It it's so good. I really enjoy it. It's so depressing, place. though. <laughs> it is, but there's like so many endings that you can get, and some of them are sadder than others, but it's still a really good experience. There are no good okay. endings to that game. <laughs> this is. You know, it's funny you mentioned Papers, Please, because after you finished Not Tonight, you went and played the next game from the Papers, Please. Correct. Game. So um, after I finished Not Tonight, 
um, Chris was like, you should play The Return of Oberdin. And The Return of Oberdin is made by the guy that made Papers, Please. That's not how I sold you to, sold you no. to you. What you did said, I call it? Um, I don't remember. Murder Sudoku. Murder Sudoku. <laughs> right. And so the idea behind The Return of Oberdin is Oberdin is a ship um, that was sent out and sailed back into port with nobody on it. And so, except one body. And so you are a spatial investigator and you travel through time. And so you have... Do you um, mean special investigator? No, I mean spatial investigator. Oh, okay. You travel through time. All right. And space. Um, and you have a um, compass that you get near a body or the position where somebody died and you can go back in time and space to how they died. And so the idea is, is there were 60 people aboard the Oberdin, and you need to figure out who each one was and how they died and what the mechanic was. So, for example, um, this isn't going to be a spoiler because it happens so early in the game. The captain commits suicide with his pistol. And so there was an artist on board and he sketched four photos of everybody that was on the ship. And some people, uh, yeah, it's four photos where all 60 people are eventually shown. Um, and so you have to go into each picture and figure out who it is, how they died and by what. And let me tell you, having uncovered all of the events that happened on that ship, wow, that if it could go wrong, it did. It was almost as bad as like an adult taking a trip in an ease game. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> ooh, it was bad. Lots of supernatural stuff going on on that ship, including mermaids. I'm telling you, adults on that ship, Anna. The, you those, just don't believe me. Those mermaids. Those mermaids. Those so do you like it overall? I, I remember looking into it and being like, hey, this looks like a cool idea, but will this get old? Or does this really sound like a fun game? Well, so, she stopped playing it. So uh. here's my dilemma is the game tells you outright that there is going to be a point where you're just going to have to start guessing. And so I, I got to the point where I feel felt like I filled in all of the information that I could reliably. And then I was like, I, I sincerely don't know where to go next. And so I finished about half of the book. Yeah. Um, why are you sending me steam messages? Cause oh. it won't let me share the game. <laughs> no. Cause I don't have steam running right now. Just turn it on. No, I'm podcasting. Ah, so yeah, I mean, the dilemma is is you get to a point where you have to start making educated guesses, but they're still guesses. And I was sort of like, uh, I don't know where to go from here. And so I was basically like, yeah, I think I'm done. So I got an ending. It wasn't particularly good, but it was an ending. So it's fine. Gotcha. Um, it was, it was definitely entertaining for the amount of time that I played it, but I played it for six hours. And then I was like, I'm stuck. So I don't know. 
whether to recommend it or not. It was good when I played it, but I don't have any particular interest in going back and attempting to finish it. Mm. So take that as you may. Um, and then I decided I wanted something completely different. And so I booted up Norn 9 Var Commons, which is a visual novel for the Vita. Um, and so that is a weird game that also kind of involves time travel, but not. And I don't know how to explain this. Um, so there are espers in the Norn 9 world. And espers are people that have some form of supernatural powers. And there's supposed to be nine espers at any given time. Um, but there are 12 people on the Norn. Um, nine guys and three girls. And so because it's a visual novel, you play as a girl and you get to choose which of the girls that you play. And each girl is associated with the storyline of three of the guys. And so I've played through eight of the nine storylines. So I'm really close to finishing the game. Um, some of the stories are better than others. I played a story last night and I turned to Chris and I was like, that sucked. I actually liked the bad ending better than the good ending. <laughs> that should never happen in a visual novel. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, You're enjoying it even though the story is bad? The story for that particular character was awful. Okay. So, yeah. Can you just watch this as an anime instead? Yeah, Norn plus Nornet yeah. is the anime. Okay. Which I believe is what the game is called in Japan. Okay. Wow, she has white hair in the anime. In the game, she has purple hair. It's purple here. Okay. It's just the lighting. Okay. They they make very specific noise about the fact that she has purple eyes and purple hair. So. Mm. so yeah, that's if you're watching the live stream, that's the Norn. Um is this an airship? Yes. Okay. Alrighty. So they must be landing to pick up yeah. another Esper. Visual novels. Yep. Um so yeah. And I, I like it because the powers are sort of interesting and the bad endings involve erasing memories a lot, which is sort of an interesting way to resolve things. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It has a couple stories that are meh, but the other stories are all pretty good. So that makes me happy. So I'm going to finish that today and then I don't know what I'm going to play next. Um, I will tell you that uh, one of the other games next month on PSN Plus is um, Steinsgate. And since you and Alex and everybody else on the site has been raving about it, I might check that out. I need to actually play it because Josh sent me the two games. <laughs> and I have not actually started them yet. I loved the anime. So I wonder if it's the new Steinsgate Elite that's coming free. Um, no. I don't remember. Probably not, because they just released DLC for it. Okay. Or are they going to next February? I'm sorry, they didn't release it yet. Okay. So. Yeah, the Steinsgate Elite game that came out is based off of the new Steinsgate anime, which is kind of a rewrite of the original anime. 
Yeah, this is just the PS3 version of Steins Gate. Okay, yeah, I have that on Vita, so maybe I'll play that next. It's out on Steins Gate Elite is on Switch too. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But that's not till next year. Well, that's fine. I still have these two to play. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Are they all different? Yeah. So okay. So in the original anime slash video games, there is Steins Gate and then Steins Gate the game. And then what's the second Steinsgate game called? Steinsgate Zero. Yeah, Steinsgate Zero, which is based off of a throwaway comment that is made in one of the episodes. Okay. Mm. Which is that um, they, the, few, the past needs to be changed in order to prevent a massive world war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Steinsgate Zero is based off of that future that has the world war. Correct. Yeah, zero, zero is like the bad ending, basically, from the first game. Yeah. So, I mean, the diff- the I, I'm not real firm on the differences between the original Steingate and Steingate Elite. I do know that sort of Elite. the core story stays the same, which is a crazy 19-year-old uses a microwave to create time travel. Yeah. The Elite, I think it adds some extra stuff, but I mean, mostly it adds in some of the actual animation from the anime into the game. So it sounds like Elite's Ah. the one to play then, Anna. Well, I mean, Elite follows a different anime series than what I've watched. Oh, for goodness sake. Because Steins Gate had an original series, and that's been out for years. And now Steins Gate Elite is a new anime that adds a greater level of dimension to some of the side characters. I have a question for you. Well, well, the the game no, no, itself no, covered no, more I have, than. I have okay. a question for you. Does the microwave accident also involve a non-dairy creamer? No, but it does <laughs> okay. involve chicken fingers. Uh, okay, all right, acceptable. Okay, nobody really understands how those work either. Well, the game covered more, you know, like it had more side routes than the anime did. So the elite kind of basically, my understanding is that it animates some of the uh, side events that were kind of ignored originally in the anime. Because there's like different routes for all the different girls in the uh, the game of Steins Gate. And there's different endings, like, there's like five different endings that you can get. And so elite, anim- you know, was part of part of that is animating some of those other ones that they didn't do for the original anime. I don't remember what, they, they stuck to the... I think they stuck to the canon ending in the anime, if I remember. Um, the problem is, is we can't discuss it without getting into immediate heavy spoilers. Yeah. Which are probably spoilers for Elite. So. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about this more once we once the new PS Plus games are out and probably a couple of us are playing it. So it's time to get into the news. Thank you, Kelly. So we should probably start the news with the bombastic Fallout seventy six stuff going. Oh, I just can't wait! I'm gonna pre. I'm gonna get this special edition and get a giant helmet and a big old canvas bag to like make my um my uh, prepper supply bag in. I'm gonna go bury it, and it's gonna be great, and it's gonna last me a year. All right. So I I have several (laughs) pieces of bad news for you. What? One, the Fallout seventy six Power Armor Edition was actually not available at launch. They had to send people who pre-ordered it. Um, 
digital code so that they could actually play their game. Okay. And there are still some people who haven't gotten their Power Armor Edition. Okay. The game's been out for nearly a month at this point. And they paid 200 <laughs> bucks for it. Okay. Even better is people have started getting their collector's edition and discovered that there's a little problem with it. The very lovely canvas bag that is demoed in all of the, um, in all of the pictures is in fact a garbage nylon bag that is so thin <laughs> that some people got it ripped in It, it basically transit. is a garbage bag. It yeah. looked like the same kind of bag that you can get for like a dollar at Walmart to carry your groceries. This bag is not shiny in the photo. No. And it says it's canvas, right? Yes, yes. The bag that they're sending out is not canvas. No, it's nylon. Cheap no. nylon, no less. And so people basically went to Bethesda and were like, hey guys, um, this isn't the canvas bag. And here are two examples of messages that people got back. Thank you for contacting Bethesda customer support. Due to unavailability of materials, we switched to a nylon carrying case in the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. We hope this doesn't prevent you from enjoying what we feel is one of our best collector's editions. I'm glad you feel that way because I don't think anyone else is going to remember it Even like better that. is, here's another email that someone got. Hello, the bag included with the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition isn't correct. The bag is advertised as being canvas, but it's clearly a much cheaper nylon material that doesn't look at all like the bag in the promotional material. What are you planning to do about this? Reply back. Hello, we are sorry you aren't happy with the bag. The bag shown in the media was a prototype and too expensive to make. We aren't planning on doing anything about it. <laughs> That's the unavailability. Well, it costs too much. Yeah, <laughs> because I guarantee you, they're not out of canvas in the world. <laughs> like, and the materials were unavailable. It's yeah, canvas. we ran out of canvas, folks. It's, <laughs> it's all gone. Buckles. Like, are you kidding me? And so they they they've said, all right, if you're unhappy, contact customer service, and we'll give you 500 atoms. That's okay. their in-game currency. Now let's break this down. Yeah, 500 atoms. Yep, is. $5 of currency. You can't even oh, buy gosh. the in-game outfit that comes with a canvas bag for that little currency. Because it costs 700 <sighs> Even better is there is like this legal mumbo-jumbo on the page that lets you fill out for your 500 atoms that says, if you take the 500 atoms, you can't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> so unsurprisingly, there is a class action lawsuit that is being built for this. And the plot thickened in the last 24 hours, too, because it turns out that um, there was a media event that happened. Um, oh, gosh. When did this happen? About a month before Fallout 76 came out, um, where Bethesda invited a whole bunch of influencers to come and play their game. And they gave them. Guess what? Canvas bag. A canvas bag full of swag. Not the same canvas bag. No, it's different canvas. Right. Bag. So it's not the same canvas bag as what was advertised in the collector's edition. But still, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, when, when I first saw this, it was people on Twitter going, eh, maybe you shouldn't spend $200 on collector's edition. Hey, and that's a good point. But and here's another I, crazy statement. If companies say that they are going to give you something, they should actually give you that thing. Yeah, also, if they were going to change the the quality of the bag, then they needed to disclose it. Also, 
I've priced canvas bags because I've done them at events. They're not that expensive. But Anna, there's a shortage of materials. <laughs> We're out of canvas. <laughs> it's supply and demand. <laughs> And I mean, here's the thing is I, I'm looking know, I at got the... it. Anna, I got it. I'm going to tell you exactly what they should have said instead. Dear Chris, thanks for your recent letter. I can see why you want to see games like Xenoblade, <laughs> The Last Story, or Pandora's Tower released here in the Americas. But at oh, this time, crap. we have no new information to offer or announcements to make regarding these games. I realize this is disappointing, but your comments have been documented and made available for other departments to he- here to use as they see fit. We appreciate hearing what, other, what our consumers find important. Sincerely, Nintendo of America. Yeah, people forget that all of those games were already in negotiation when the Operation Rainfall campaign happened. But hey, it made them sell more. So yay. Anyway, no, no, no. Here's the thing that I love is I'm looking at the bag that they gave influencers and I'm looking at the bag that they have in their like uh, promo for the collector's edition. I'm telling you, the bag that they made for the influencers, it would have been more expensive. And that's the thing that really blows my mind. I mean, I, I get being upset, but at the same time, I just wonder how many people actually planned on using said bag. Well, and... I mean, remember that for some people that receive this, the nylon replacement bag is completely useless because it's ripped. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I no. don't even think it comes down to whether or not they were going to use it. How about they get a complete product? Yeah, no, but Bethesda was totally in the wrong in this, and this was a complete jackass move on Bethesda's part. They it, they should have disclosed. And I noticed when I was when I was looking it up that uh, the store makes no mention of the bag on the storefront yeah, when this so, was blowing up. <laughs> so yeah, they very quickly changed all of the storefronts that they could from a canvas bag to either a bag or a nylon bag. Um, mm-hmm. Amazon, as of yesterday, still said canvas bag. So yeah, that's because that Amazon takes like twenty four hours <laughs> to change their site. <laughs> but I mean, this has been a problem since like I think the first time that Chris, can you get the door, please? Oh, um, I think the first time this came out was like the fifteenth of November. So, I mean, yeah, the fact that stories only started hitting this week is a big deal, but they've known about this since. Oh, and that's on top of the fact that the game went like... Oh, sorry. I heard a ding. Maybe? <laughs> Hello there, canvas bag delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting a package from my mother today, and for some reason she made it signature. I think they're running like nonstop porch theft stories in Florida right yeah. now, or something. Well, if it's if it's in a nylon bag, I'm gonna refuse it. <laughs> I hate no. the signature Keep, mail. It's a nylon bag. Cats love playing in those. <laughs> so yeah, this has just been. Oh, yeah, and and then the game was on sale during Black Friday. And here's the thing that blows me away is not only was it on sale physically, but it was on sale digitally. And I can tell you from experience, in order to get into most digital sales, like some of the sales that they were on, you have to submit your game two or three months in advance. 
which means they knew that it was they predicted that it was going to sell like hot garbage and so decided to discount it before it was even out Yeesh. oh i don't know i bet if you're a big enough publisher you can do things much more quickly uh no oh come on you haven't worked with them it's possible maybe But I don't know. The game's so good. Like, it's so good that I'm reading this thread here, and they're like, yeah, I shouldn't have given... They they sent me a key because my thing wouldn't arrive on time. I should have kept it instead of giving the, the extra key away because the inventory management is so bad I could use a mule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's going to be that's gonna be part of the first patch they're putting out. Oh, is it? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I don't I... know. I, I hear only one... <laughs> The only person I hear saying good things about this game is is Danny O'Dwyer, who did a documentary in Bethesda about the creation of this game. Yikes. But I think he might have had different expectations than most people. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch the Jimquisition video because apparently he tears this game to shreds, and I so, love it when he just goes off. <laughs> here's what the December 4th is going to include. Now, this isn't a full list of changes. This is just the changes that they say are definitely coming. Increase of stash limits for players. Resolving players being unable to remove themselves from power armor. Correction to loots obtained from boss fights. Respawning while over encumbered. Effect time being reduced when hit with the cryo layer. Oh, we don't need to, to no, no, no. bag on the No, no, no. This, this, Chris. Reducing the effect time when hit with the cryolator from two hours to 30 seconds. That's just changing <laughs> how that works entirely. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the highlights of the things coming to the patch on Tuesday. And they haven't even announced the entire patch notes yet. So, yeah. This has been... Oh, they have their own... Oh, this is great. They got a website. Why did I receive a different bag than expected with the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition? We understand you are disappointed with the bag that was included with the Power Armor Edition of Fallout 76. We're also aware of a ridiculous and inaccurate response that some of our fans received via email after contacting the Bethesda Gear Store. I don't know what this response is. Do you? That was um, the, we have no plans to do anything. Oh, okay. That person was a temporary contractor, not an official spokesperson, and they did not have information. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're going to stop right there. The email that this came from is called the Bethesda Gear Help Desk. Yeah, they contracted out, though. Yes, but the idea that they are not a spokesperson for Bethesda is garbage. You hired them to do your customer service. Please at mm -hmm. least own well, your mistake. Well, what they mean by spokesperson is they mean they don't actually have any influence or insight into what the actual decision is. I'm sorry, but they speak for you if they do your customer yep. service. And yep. uh, they were wrong. So or instead of saying, oh, not it, they should have just said, yep, that was that was bad customer service and we own it. Hold on. We're sorry. We're in the process of going back through our approval processes for both what items go into a collector's edition, as well as how support for a physical store is provided. We will do better in the future. What do you? I bet they're using solutions to go. Um, if you purchase, <laughs> if you purchase the Power Armor edition, we'd like to add five hundred atoms to your account. Please pick yourself up something nice on us from the Atomic Shop. Like nothing can be bought for five hundred atoms. We hope you will accept our pick up something nice on us. Like they, this you can't even currency. buy flowers. You pick up something nice. How about the canvas bag? You promised me, you <laughs> jerkwads. <laughs> 
That is some of the most condescending stuff I've ever read. Like, this is like how not to handle a crisis 101. Like, how could they not bring in a crisis manager for this? I have a question. This is awful. You've been watching too much scandal, first of all, Anna. Um, Crisis manager for Um, this. We need Olivia Pope. There are social media crisis managers. What would she do? Who would she kill? In fact, it was really awesome. At GDC this year, there was a really good presentation where they basically gave different, like, monumental screw-ups and how to handle them with a crisis manager. Also, you're going to tell me that Bethesda can't afford and doesn't know how to hire a crisis manager? Uh, Sometimes I wonder if half of Bethesda knows what they're doing. (laughs) Because Todd Howard gives the impression that he knows something about making games, though apparently not working games. Um, but the the legal department and the part that actually interacts with customers and selling, they don't seem to understand anything about how to like run a business that's honest or generates goodwill for people. I don't know. So yeah, that MMO is okay, though. Nin- <laughs> Ninji is pointing out that on Bold.com, which is one of the... This is a really big retailer in Netherlands and in Europe in general. It still says canvas bag. Yeah, it's uh, it still says it in the picture on Amazon, but it doesn't say it anywhere else on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. It's um Mhm. Yep. So, yeah, this has been like an unmitigated disaster. And yep. uh it probably doesn't help that the game is garbage. I particularly like that Giant Bomb um, is choosing not to review it. And apparently they're not the only ones. But Giant Bomb's <laughs> review is don't effing buy it. <laughs> None of us want to spend any time reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, literally quote. Like, none of us want to spend any more time playing this game. So here's a review. Don't buy it. That was the best podcast. <laughs> And the other bit of funniness was that Anna and I were on Twitter were wanting to flaunt our uh, Persona 5 and Danganronpa like, Collector's yeah, Edition my, bags. My Danganronpa 3 Collector's Edition bag is better than the bag the Bethesda put out. It's very unfortunate that we're not in Canada with this company because you actually have actual laws about false advertising up there that work. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, well, you know, it's just all the bugs in the uh, actual software of Bethesda are now infecting their physical items. You know, <laughs> it happens. Oh, wow. Oh, it's yes. And, realism. and if anybody wants an amazing example of how we teach people about false advertising in Canada, please YouTube the American House Hippo. Oh, that. I've seen that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes, it's so cute. Isn't it adorable? Uh, all right, so we should probably move on to actual like news news instead of a walking disaster. Of is the this news. just a bald uh, guinea pig? Um, is did you look up American house hippo? North American house hippo? Oh, look at it! It's, it's so, so cute, cute, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you should look up the advertisement for the oh. North American house hippo. Oh, this thing! All right, we're missing the correct person for the next story, though. Oh, oh. yeah, we need Alice here. Oh. So, I mean, so here, here's, here's, so here's the news, and then I have a question. So Bandai Namco has announced two Super Robot Wars games. Yeah. So they announced Super Robot Wars T, 
That's um, the new console one. Yes. And that is like a crazy crossover style. Isn't it cute, Chris? Oh, yeah. The North American well, House I mean, Super Robot Wars are all kind of, well, you know, all the mainline games are yeah, big so crossover here's, games. So here's the crazy thing is, is Super Robot Super Robot Wars T is going to have characters from not only a whole crap load of Gundam games, but it's going to have characters from Cowboy Bebop, Gunbuster, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and Gunsword. Cowboy Bebop yeah. is not a mech anime. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so it, it, this is not coming out in North America, but um, Bandai Namco Southeast Asia has confirmed that the game is getting an, a C English release. Mm-hmm. So you'll which, be able to import it. Which those are basically at least as good as like a mediocre, you know, North American localization. Yeah, if not and so better. they've gotten better as time has gone on. Yeah, I played one of those games this year. It was fine. And then um, they also announced Super Robot, Super Robot Wars Double D, which is not about bras. It's about a mobile game. And Darn. so this will be the first strategy slash tactical phone game that they put out. Um, and it also has a whole bunch of crossovers. So it's going to have Devilman, Code Geass, um, Evangelion, Full Metal Panic. So that is not coming out in English at all, as far as I can tell. They certainly um, haven't said anything, and I so, wouldn't imagine so. So here's my really important question, and I don't know if any of you guys can answer this or if I'm going to have to wait for Alice. What happens when they run out of letters? <laughs> Super Robot Wars, double A. Yeah. No, they've already gone to doubles, because this is double D. Um, the the main series is only on T. No, because they've jumped around, because there's been like X and S and Z and... Oh, uh, Greek uh, letters. Oh. oh there you go. Yep. Yeah, because there's, been, Alpha. there's yep. been double Z... And there's been G, and there's been, I think, just Z, and then there's been V and double zero. Oh, Anna, you're not going to like the answer. What? Emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, two new um, Super Robot Wars game coming. One will be um, Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 that will be importable. All right. Pathfinder Kingmaker has announced a season pass. Boo, 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 boo. Um, so you can pick it up for twenty four ninety nine or a local equivalent through Steam and GOG.com. Um, the first of the three DLC pieces that the season pass covers, known as the Wild Cards, arrives this week on December 6, 2018. Wild Cards adds a new playable race, the Tiefling, and a new playable class, the Kineticist. Neat. And if you want to combine the two, a tiefling kineticist will be added to the player's party that has it. It's a very own storyline. Um, they've also given a little more uh, details for the other two DLC in the season pass. Second one is Varnhold's Lot, new, which adds new side campaigns to play through. And the third, oh, that's coming on February 2019, uh, maybe. Um, the final piece of DLC, Beneath the Stolen Land, um, is going to... In introduce a new dungeon with a unique boss um and this dungeon um can be explored as part of the campaign or it can be standalone and they're shooting for april 2019 
for that one. And if you're not familiar with it, Pathfinder Kingmaker is an isometric adaption of the tabletop RPG using Pathfinder rules and campaign settings. It's available on PC. Um, Pillars of Eternity 2. Hey, Jonathan, you're, you're down for this, right? Yeah, and yeah. the Pathfinder one, though. I haven't gotten Pathfinder yet. I've heard some mixed things. Yeah, it was a little unstable when it came out. Yeah. It's gone better. Got better. Um, Obsidian Entertainment is writing the final paid DLC for Pillows of Eternity 2. It's called The Forgotten Sanctum. It will come to PC and Mac as part of the season pass um, on December 13th alongside the 4.0 update. Uh, Forgotten Sanctum finds you seeking help of the Watcher to prevent one of the, the Archmages beginning a terrible apocalypse. New quests, new dungeons. Um, and the dungeon is built into the flesh of a sleeping god. And if you're curious about the 4.0 update, it adds new features, new high-level god challenges, and two new mega bosses. So hopefully we'll hear more from Jonathan on that. Hey, if you've been pining to play the original Fantasy Star, I have good I news. I have. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch as part of the Nintendo Switch Wait, Sega why? Ages why collection. You? Can't you get this on <laughs> 8,000 machines already? Yeah, but this is a much Portable. better version. What? No, not the first one, actually, I don't think. Usually it's 2, 3, and 4 on the yeah. Genesis collection. Oh, this okay. is the Sega Master System one. Yeah, okay. yeah. so this is a not one that has come out 8 bajillion times. I think the only one it's on is the Game Boy Advance collection that has one, two, and three. You um, can unlock it on Sonic's oh, Ultimate right. Genesis collection. Yeah, I forgot about that. that but what, this is going to be much better. Two? Yeah, P- PS3. Oh, PS3. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to play the original Fantasy Star from 1987, you will be able to do so starting December 13th. Wait, what do I get? What are, what are the upgrades? Nothing. Um, auto map. Oh, sorry. Uh, difficulty slider. Um, what else? A monster codex. And yeah. A list for spells, armors, and weapons, and a music player. So, should I actually try to play this game again, or should I just go down as I don't like fantasy? You should play stuff. the third one so you can do the marriages because that's <sighs> what seemed to you. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. The first one's a little bit old school, grindy. Mm-hmm. Well, you can the, change the difficulty, right? So maybe it's still help. it's more the it's like a it's kind of Dragon Warrior ish. The original, yeah, it's very old school. And if you it, really it, want to play a Fantasy Star game, um, play the fourth one. Yeah, yeah, that one's kind of the best one and the culmination of all the is that games a no in the series. Um, part it's of that about, Sega um, collection, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's you want that for Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so speaking of marriage, how about you get married in Agarest War? Oh boy. <laughs> so and a Ide- giant groan went up from the world. <laughs> so Idea Factory International has announced that it will be releasing child a uh, compile's heart record of Agarest War Mariage. Why did they misspell marriage? Because it's French. Well, it's more Franklish. I, I want to know who what is buys, this? buys these games um, to get Basically, them. it's the record of Agoras Warcast in a kissy-kissy game. Is there still sausage? Um, yes, because you have to... Yeah, 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 because you have to produce offspring. Okay. <laughs> so Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. It's a spin-off to the Tactical RPG series... 
where um, you have to sucky sucky with one of the girls hey, and then you are next right, and then your progeny system yeah i guess the original games were like that too huh yeah generation um, of war yeah I didn't. I didn't ever or know generation that. Generation of chaos. Yeah. So <laughs> I just heard the, they were terrible. And the I premise behind Agorist War Games is: you are a hero, you go on an adventure, you kick the butt of whatever, you fall in love and settle down, and then your kid has to go and do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what the appeal is, other than they're supposed to be extremely long. As and uh, and the, as and the first in the one, chat says, uh, it's Riker of Agorist Wars. <laughs> and the first one's uh limited edition came with a booby mouse pad right oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i got that i have that one on oh, the xbox yeah oh boy came with I, an opi mouse pad. pad i showed my boss at work that joking that i was going to use that as my work mouse pad and she was not amused <laughs> All right. Um, so if you are like me and are desperate to play uh, Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, Ateliers of the New World, good news. Well, good news for North America. Not so good news for um, Europe. Because uh, it comes out on the same day as Brexit. Uh. March 26, 2019. In North America and Europe. Still think they're going to well. get out of that somehow. <laughs> It's fine for Europe. It's not so good for the UK then. Well, the problem is, is um, all of the companies that um, serve Europe. So like um, NIS America Europe, NISA Europe is in the UK. So Uh how's it going to handle shipping out to the European customers? (laughs) Hopefully they'll get it out ahead of time. Idea. (laughs) I love the names of these companies because it's like NIS America Europe. Nisa Europe. And then there's uh, Ify Europe. So Idea Factory International Europe. Ify Europe is also in the UK. So how is that going to, how is it going to handle shipping out to Europe? So yeah, uh, March 26, 2019, North American Europe for both PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch, as well as digitally on PC via Steam. Um, this week, they also announced new characters. Um, Shally, uh, Shalistera, the other Shalistera since they'd already announced the first one. Um, Judy, Iris, and Norn. And so this actually reminded me that um, I'm kind of curious how they're going to handle the content for Iris because Atelier Iris had a phone-only spinoff game that had a whole bunch of additional growth um, for all of the characters. And so at what point are they going to pull the Iris characters out? Because for North America, if you take them at the end of the second Atelier Iris game, it's not, or the third Atelier Iris game, it's not going to make any sense. Well, give, given how these things usually are, it probably will, and we'll just be confused. Okay. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> that's, um, that's my guess. <laughs> hey, Chris. What? Whoop, 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 whoop. Chemco alert! Chemco alert! Battle um, stations! Is, Battle is stations! This a, is this a full-on Chemco alert, or is Chemco just publishing this? Because it looks more like a right. Radeon game to me. DevCon so 4 Chemco alert, then. <laughs> yeah, so this is Meridian Tavern Story, and it's available now on PlayStation 4 and Switch. It is developed by Radeon Japan, who actually makes some good games, like Mercenaries Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so Chemco is publishing this, and... Um, 
And it's yeah. been out for like a year already. No, it yeah, it's it's been out for a while on iOS and Android, which is the way that they normally do things. Mm-hmm. And Vita. No, it did not come out on Vita. At I'm least watching not a in, trailer for it on not Vita. Not in North America. I'm watching a North American trailer for it on Vita. Um, Marenian Tavern Story, Patty and the Hunger God, posted by PlayStation. Oh, it's not out yet on Vita. It's coming on Vita. Yeah, this is definitely not How out on Vita. How is something coming out on the Vita? I don't know. That's weird. And actually, I think that's an error because um, okay, well, nothing that I can see tells me that this game is coming out on Vita. Well, what is it coming out on then? PlayStation 4 and Switch. All right. What is it? Um, it is a turn-based um, RPG with life simulation aspects. I, so it, oh, this it's is a like a Moon game. Yeah, this is a me game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not Harvest Moon. There's no um, farming. This, this is a restaurant running. Yeah, game. it's mm-hmm. it's hometown story slash no, um, little no. dragons cafe. You made me sound like this would be good. It, oh, I was gonna say I thought hometown story was awful. Yeah, I, I mean it's in that. Let same me put it this way: I fine. finished it and she it's, hasn't. It's like, um, it's bad. Uh, what was the one they did game. like this? It was Adventure Bar Story on the 3DS no, that, that was kind of similar not, to this. Yeah, so Chemco also published that, and it wasn't good. Um, You're thinking of the of the of the other one, Reseteer yeah. is what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. capitalism. So that's an Woo! item shop. This is a restaurant. That's totally different. Whatever. It's in that life sim genre where you run a so, thing. So this is weird. Your brother gets possessed by the spirit of poverty and racks up a lot of debts and you need to make money. Yes. I like the plot. And so it's 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 almost atelier in nature because the idea is is you're going out into the world battling enemies and gathering materials and then you come back and craft things and then you sell those things. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I legit want to. It's available now. Oh, on both play Nintendo Switch and, and PS4. Yeah, I was actually thinking that I should. So it's so hard for me to decide if I should buy games right now because I might be getting eShop cards oh. for Christmas. And so I'm like, just give them to me. I'll have a new Switch to spend them on. I, I think you need gifts. to play Cattail. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like there are, there are multiple Switch games that came out this week oh, that all of a sudden I'm be interested terrible in. if you had to play two games at once. You'd have I, to like close one and open I, the other one. I, How can you deal with that? I don't tend to do that well, Chris. Okay. Anyways. Um, Mage's Initiation, Reign of the Elements, has been announced. This is an old school Sierra Adventure title with members of the development team previously working on the fan remake of the King's Quest series. So this there there was like King's Quest, the Silver Lining or the Silver Cloud, and it was like this love letter to the King's Quest fans that was done either cheap or free. Um, and so this is that team now doing their own game. And so I'm I'm actually pretty psyched for this because I know the lady that does the PR and she tends to rep games that I like. Um, Mage's Initiation follows the 16-year-old Dark who has been studying elemental magic in the confines of the Mage's Tower. He sets out to complete his initiation, but elsewhere in the realm of Ellawood, there is a crisis in the realm's winged Listen, guardians it's as a King's they turn Quest hostile game. with goblins on it's the It's made path. by people who made fan remakes of King's Quest games. You point and click, and then there's some weirdly awkward-looking combat. It's probably funny and adventure-y, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, you're going to play this? Oh, yeah. 
How come you haven't played the other King's Quest game, like the actual King Quest game? I have it. Uh, that's not the question I asked, is I've it? I've played a little bit of it. Uh-huh. It's Why'd hard. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I'll play it then. Anyways, this is coming to PC on January 30th. All right. Um, so Path of Exile was supposed to come to PS4. This week. This week. Um, not, not, not anymore. Yeah, so here's the official statement. When we announced Path of Exile for PS4 earlier this month, we indicated we were aiming for a December release. Unfortunately, we have had to revise this to early February. They, they couldn't finish CERT during Christmas period, apparently. So yeah. they, they're hoping they'll be done in January, but they're going to target February just to not set unrealistic expectations. And um, they're going to work on better performance and frame rate with that extra time. So, Yep. So that's a bummer. And if you're not familiar with it, Path of Exile is a free-to-play action RPG that we've talked about a whole hey, lot hey, on this podcast. Hey, do you think they'll have cross-platform play? Do you N- think that's why they're delaying? No. Oh. No. I, cert from like the 5th or 6th of December until the 5th or 6th of January. Forget about it. Oh. In, in every company, Nintendo is just as bad. Okay. Yeah, no, you you don't get stuff certified in December. What's Book of Demons? Book of Demons is a Dungeons and Streamers DLC. No, wait. No, but Book of Demons is a game. They're adding a Dungeons and Streamer DLC. <sighs> I read this backwards. Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's a, It looks like a Diablo-esque game, except that your abilities are managed like uh, with, with cards. Like you get cards and you kind of do deck building. And then they're releasing this Dungeons and Streamers add-on, which is going to add buttons to Mixer or chat commands to Twitch where the chat can help or hinder you. So they can spawn extra monsters or heal you um, or make things harder. They can actually also help vote on what sort of legendaries you'll get. So, um, and that um, sounds really cool and potentially a pain in the butt. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Why is a game in Steam Early Access getting DLC? Is it in what? Yeah. It'll this game be, is still in Early Access. They, it's free DLC, okay. and it's soon going to come out of early... I don't know, Anna. Okay. <laughs> I just watched the video earlier. I didn't know about that. It was still so, yeah, early access. So, yeah, this game, it doesn't come out of early access until December 13th. Well, they've added an update then <laughs> and called it a DLC for reasons I don't understand. Probably because calling it Dungeons and Streamers is a better PR move than just adding <laughs> the feature and not doing anything about it. Okay. I mean... Certainly got us talking about the game. I guess. So yeah, if you uh, if you like Book of Demons after playing it after it releases on December thirteenth, um, the company well, has you can promised play it now it's early access. You yes, can but get it, it. Mm. it's only twenty four ninety nine, and it's only been in early access since July of twenty sixteen. <laughs> All right. If you enjoy this game, the developers have made the rather vapid promise that they are going to make other games influenced by earlier days of PC gaming. Those so the next out... one will be out in 2024, right? Um, by, by that time, Brexit will, or Britain will have re-entered the EU. So. <laughs> All right. Um, good news for Josh. Yeah, the first DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, is more, releasing more content next week. for you to have to do. Yep, <laughs> isn't that great? Yeah, so, isn't that yeah if I ever for? actually find the end of the game, there you go. <laughs> so this is the first part of the legacy of the First Blade story arc. They're going to teach you about hidden blades. Ooh, yes, because that's a big deal, I guess. 
Yeah, so this DLC is called Hunted. Hold on. Can we talk about the ad situation on my screen, Anna? <laughs> on the left side of the screen, I've got a trailer for a horror movie. On the right side of the screen, I've got some sort of equivocation between diamonds and a Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. So Hellsberg or whatever the heck it's called. If you buy a diamond over $1,000... Or you get a, anything over the, uh, over eleven ninety nine. Oh, I'm sorry, they've changed it. So and that ad one thousand one hundred ninety. Oh, it must have been a Black Friday sale. Yeah. yeah so it was it was uh it was Nintendo Switch system free with the purchase of nine ninety nine or more diamond. When I okay. saw it, but apparently they've changed it since then. Uh this is so uh, weird. Bling yourself out while you're switching. And the, earlier, instead of meat jackets, I had like. It was some canvas. sort of foam. Yeah, you were a knight. You look like a knight, but it was all fabric, <laughs> and it was so weird. The ads on our site are amazing and help support us. Please wait. They with pay us. so much better than the old company. <laughs> and here's my favorite part: is, is they pay us. <laughs> yeah, that that's that that is good point number one. Good point number two is um, what you I'm... forgot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, nope, that's it. There are no other. No, nope, there's money. That's really all you can say about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a good point. It was a confusing point. Ever switched since we switched to the new ad provider, we have been getting like aggressive, like incredibly aggressive requests to be our ad provider. Yeah, because we're because WordPress plus um, we have certain Google plugins on the on the site running for this new ad provider, and so people think, oh, we do Google AdSense, so we can give you a better deal. And it's like, it's like no, no, we actually are kind of doing. You don't understand. Go away. <laughs> That's what we tell them. <laughs> I just went to the site, and my two ads are Clorox and the local hospital, which. <laughs> you pair. think I'm dirty and I need to go to the hospital? Thanks, ads. You're a dirty girl. <laughs> that's what my husband tells me. I like this one. It's like go to Ma- go play Maple Story. It's like, hey, oh yeah, because they relevant. announced they they released the new Black Mage from yeah. Maple Story. So, all right, <sighs> we were talking about Assassin's Creed and we got devolved into ads. What are we talking about? Um, the Hunted. The Hunted. This episode will see players What's encountering this? Darius, who is mm. the first wielder of a signature hidden blade weapon. Oh boy. Um, so this particular arc, Legacy of the First Blade, has two more episodes coming in 2019 called Shadow Heritage and Bloodline. Don't care. What's next? They get the, But they no. can be purchased separately or as part of the yeah, $40 season, season pass. pass. Uh, yeah, I know how those work. And the price is now higher than they used to be. Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey is available on PC, PS4, and Xbox Yay. One. All right. Um, Anthem. This game that I have no idea what the hell it's about because it's Destiny, but from Bioware. Okay, that's as best we can figure. So you far. can now sign up for their um, closed alpha. Yep, you, so... you fly around in little mech suits, so maybe they'll come to uh, Super Robot Wars eventually. All right, <laughs> it's so, possible um, at this point. <laughs> Anthem is coming uh, in February twenty second for PC, PS four, and Xbox. Where do you Xbox go to one? sign up for the demo? Um, help.ea.com slash help slash Anthem. So just right. come to our. Story We've got a link. And click on the We've link. Got a link. All right. Yep. Head to the EA community. Pl- oh, that looks complicated. So signups are being accepted until December third. So blah, blah. hopefully you listen to this podcast promptly. <laughs> And uh, these uh, alpha signups are not tied to pre-orders or EA Access or Origin Access membership. What did you just throw at me? Uh, Pokeball. Okay. 
Did it catch you? Bounced off the back of my chair. Oh, I didn't get a good throw. I need a better curveball. <sighs> you suck at this. Yeah. All right. So we have editorial content this week. So we have um, a Final Fantasy four remix that's yep. dedicated to Max Storm. So I, if I, you like Final Fantasy more four music, you're gonna like this. It's got like everything in it. It's awesome. Yeah. I actually listened to it. It's very nice. So Final Fantasy four was um, one of Max's favorite games, um, if not his favorite game. Period. Um, and so Fermat had been planning on doing this before he passed away and so he has now finished it so it is very pretty and it made me very happy to listen to it i didn't realize it had been three months already right yeah <laughs> where this year go because i just i was so used to like messaging him on slack and talking about games all the time and now i don't have him to talk to and it makes me sad oh but I have so many good memories, so it's hard to be that sad. All right. We have an impression for the ballad singer. What's you know, that? It is a storybook RPG. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like Steven Jackson's sorcery. Is it um, star Adam Sandler? No. Oh. That's the wedding singer. I know. This is a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so the the impression is definitely positive, so go ahead and read it and see if the game is for you. Um, we also have an RPG backtrack sidetrack. You can check that out. Um, we have a review for Crossco. This was Joe's first review for the site. Yay! Uh-huh. I spent a lot of time editing this review, so please, please go read it. <laughs> So I'm actually kind of interested in this. Um, I'm 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 mildly scared away by the fact that he says that the game gets really hard in the second half. But I think I might actually pick this up and try it out. It's been on my list too. I've heard lots of good things. Yep. Um, we have a Darksiders three review. Another Pascal one. Yeah, Pascal's been like a review machine. Three yeah, out of five. Kidding. Yeah, he says it's not as good as the first two Darksider games. Well, that's what people said about the second Darksider game. Right. <laughs> so take that as you may. Um, we also have a review for Sacred Earth Promise, which 2. is... 2.5. Yeah, which is the first out of multiple Sacred Earth games oh, that are goodness. coming. Mike Menke reviews it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, so I mean, he, he says it is difficult to recommend Sacred Earth Promise as a standalone title. So check out that review. See if that game is for you. And then uh, was this also best? No, this is Alex. Alex reviewed yeah. The Long Journey Home, which is a space game that you have played a couple different times. At I played it once at one event and it looked hard to control. And I said, huh, I wonder if it'll be interesting. I He's bet I'll hear about it, it if it is. And I haven't played it. He's since. totally played it twice. It I only remember it once. Anyways, um, Long Journey Home gets 3.0 out of 5, and you'll want to read the review um, because it's a really, really mixed bag. And so whether that is for you will be um, a question for the ages. (coughs) We got briefs and boxers. Ooh, what about boxer briefs? Okay. (laughs) Um, Atelier. 
right. Um, we have a release date for Atelier Lulu on the side of our land in Japan. Yeah, but it's Japan, Japan only. March 20th. Who cares? Next. Um, but it's coming out here. There's details on their characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, do we care? Uh, characters. Um, surprise, they revealed Verona. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> they also revealed a new Chim. So, mm. so in, in the um, Arland trilogy, there are um, homunculus. And they're called Chims. And they say, Chimu. And it's great because as you go through the series, each of the girls are like less and less proficient proficient at making the homunculus. So like Verona can make homunculus and then Totori can make chibi homunculus. Those are actually the chimus. And then Miruru can make homunculus dolls. Which is not a homunculus at all. So yes, Chim Dragon is presumably made by Verona. Um... No, no, sorry. No, chim Dragon. He's a Chim. Yeah, so he, was, he must have been made by Totori. Yeah. And he drank a po- uh, an alchemy potion and grew up. And so Chim Dragon is your, um, is your like, butler. And he, um, he, oh. oh nobody cares, So, Anna. no, 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 no. <laughs> Lu- no, this is amazing because Lulua has a traveling atelier. Uh. And so he's like the the coach driver. Okay. Ah, I finally remembered the word. Okay, great coach driver. Great. Um, if you are interested okay. in Destiny Connect, which is a new Nippon Ichi title, is it a phone and game not... for Destiny? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is totally what I thought when I heard Destiny Connect. It's just a phone like, app. I thought they already Destiny. had that app. No, yeah. the idea is is um, in Destiny Connect there are cogs that link everybody together. Oh, okay. So I the can't art get experience style. for Destiny with this, is what you're mm-hmm. telling me. No. Right. Okay. The art style in this one is totally different than what you would normally see from NIS. Yeah, it looks it's like more... claymation-esque. Yeah, it's like not made by that one guy who does all their games. Um, <laughs> there are three different art teams. Thank you. Sure there are, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you say so. Yeah, so this is being developed for PlayStation 4 and Switch, and it's going to come to Japan February 28th. And like all Nippon Ichi games, it's going to come out from Nisa. We just don't know when. And by and who will be working at Nisa at that point? Oh. <laughs> so Dragon Marked for Death got uh-huh. delayed. All right. Um, no, you skipped one. The Council, they have their last episode coming out oops, in December. I'm sorry. So, uh, Josh you're going to have to finally play that. Josh's cursor was on it. That's and right. So I'm, I'm <laughs> blaming him for me skipping that. Dragon Mark for Death is more a game that you'll play, for sure. No. No? No. No? No. This isn't a dungeon-crawling dating game? No. I well, thought it was. Yes. Why would you not play this? Um, so... I don't know what this game I is I feel anymore. like it's going to be really expensive. You played this at PAX. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No. Yes. There is literally a Dragon Mark for Death folio on top of our filing cabinet. You what played this. What this one about? It was the it, puzzle oh, platformer. Oh, this is the puzzle platformer Metroidvania. Yes. Okay. Got it. I probably won't play this. Is, is Chris drunk at most PAXs? He I, seems not to remember any of the games I he plays. I don't there. know. I'm very tired, <laughs> and I'm in Seattle, and I just don't want to do anything, and now I have to cover a game convention, and it's like, I work, and this isn't my job, and I have, I, I'm, I'm dealing with issues, folks. I'm Let, let me get through them. 
Did okay. that work at all? Did anyone no. believe any of that? No. no? All right. Um, it sounds like you need to drink it, <laughs> from the sounds of it. <laughs> um, okay, so the deal with Dragon Mart for Death, which makes me really skeezed, is um, when they originally announced this, um, they announced four characters plus two more are coming in the future. Um, and now the game is going to have two characters, two characters in DLC, and then two characters in DLC. So the game is going to be like twice as expensive as they said it was going to be. Oh, okay. This is Indie Creates, the ones who did Mighty Number no, 9 just and unplugged my headphones. Yeah, I I Gunvolt and a couple others. Yep. All right. So. Yeah, so this is this was originally an Indie Create game along with Hashimoto Sosan's new company with marvelous Hashimoto of Rune Factory fame, right? Yes. Aha, bringing it all back around. Yes. Um, and then at some point, Marvelous told them to stick it and stopped giving them money. Mm-hmm. So they went and made it this way with Kickstarter or whatever, right? No, they they oh, found... No, Inti Creates and Hashimoto-san's company together decided to make the game. There you go. Funding from Marvelous. All right. Marvelous told them to shove it at some point and stopped giving them money. So where's so the they money had coming f- from? I don't know. I don't. I thought they told us. They had to finish it on their own. They I were looking for, for someone to do physical copies. They found someone. It's Nighthawk Interactive. I have a question for you. What? There's another game I played at PAX that we have a new story about. Okay. You played it too. Okay. Do you remember Element Space? No. <laughs> This was Wait, no, yes, yes, one. this is the one that Patrick Klepek came along and was like, ooh. No, that was a different one. Oh. <laughs> that was more animated. Oh, oh, no, this is the one that I looked at this game and I'm like, it has no polish and it looks terrible. It, you, you didn't think it looked terrible? Uh, yeah, You watched me I play did. it and said, oh, that doesn't look too bad. No, I, I said, I'm never going to play this. Well, then we left and she was like, wait, they were press. You guys are supposed to tell me when press play the game. <laughs> yes, and then their PR awesome. person gave them crap for not telling her that there were press people there. That was awesome. Um, anyway, <laughs> it looks like uh, it's an ex-commie game. It has some twists on the formula. I don't remember all the specifics. You'd have to go back to the pack show to remember the specifics, not the Pacific. That's something else. Uh, it's on Steam Early Access now. Uh, discount nope. um, is done. and uh, They're shooting for Q1 2019, mm-hmm. which is weird because they told us this year. I have a better I have a better thing that's coming out Q1 next year. Okay, what is it? Ghost of a Tale. Oh, okay. So this is a game that's already out on PC. They're finally releasing it for 360 and... Or, excuse me. 360? <laughs> for Xbox One and PS4. Where's that Pokeball so I can throw it at you? <laughs> um, it's... Uh, it, it's technically currently on Xbox Game Preview, but that's like a really old, one-year-old um, demo version, so don't get that. Um, it's it's like, a mousey game. Yeah, it's a game where you play as a mouse, and you interact with other mice and frogs and other animals, and uh, it looks cool. It's like 8 to 20 hours or so, and then it's... Uh, it's yeah. like Hitman. Stealth elements, that. disguises, conversations. I, I doubt it really plays like Hitman, Anna. Oh. <laughs> Hit, mouse. Hit mouse. Hit <laughs> mouse. Hey, um... Agent Squeaker, we have a new mission for you. <laughs> you get Agent in that flamingo co- costume right. and pick up that battle axe. All right, so a game that had no publisher now has a publisher. Um, Cyanide Studios' upcoming title, Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. Is they don't now, say it like that. Is now going to be published. They don't call it Earthblood. By, by Big Pen Interactive. Ah. 
Um, so this this was announced like two years ago. Okay. Um, and it's an action RPG adaptation of the tabletop RPG set in the Wad. That's universe. a shorter turnaround than most Kickstarter games. <laughs> um, coming to PC and consoles in 2020. You sure about that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> 2017 to 2020. That's only three years, Anna. That's uh, pretty good. That's, that's, that's pretty good. I don't understand why they <laughs> I've got other Kickstarters so that are like going into year five and six. <laughs> yeah, they're vaporware. <laughs> hey, Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor season has a two. new season. All right. Season two focuses play that around the blood god Corn. Expands the game with a new region in the Caligari sector. These that worshippers. Like food. Is that food? No. no. Okay. Um, the forces worshipping this god have intruded their way into the system and seek to corrupt its planets. Um, they also add new features. The corn faction has 11 new units, including demons. Players' inquisitor ranks and item cap levels will be increased. New investigations into the mysteries behind the Void Rippers um, are added, um, as well as mechanics, gameplay, and optimization balances. Cool. So season two uh, is only coming to PC right now. This is supposed to be a brief story. You've gone on for way too long. Okay. I, I'm interested in this game. So. Wait, wait, wait. You are? Yeah. When are you going to play it? Um, when it's not on a PC? It's available on PS4 and Xbox. Yeah. Two more other systems you never play. <laughs> yeah. How's that How's that uh, Android game coming along, Anna? <laughs> what Android game? <laughs> Become Human. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Detroit what? Become Human, the only Android game that came out this year that matters at all to you. Okay. Um, Square Enix has announced that Romancing Sega Universe will be released for iOS and Android in Japan on December 6th. No announcement for North America or anywhere yeah, outside be, Japan. Is it a phone game? Yes. Don't care. <laughs> I just said Android and iOS. You know, it's that's unfair. Some of their phone games are pretty good. See Record Keeper. Still going yeah. strong. Hey, and the council is getting its final episode December 6th. You so. already, I already told you that. Yes, but here's the thing is if you have the season pass, you get it two days early on December 4th. Oh. And there's a physical edition coming with Why all of the episodes Why would you get to epi- episode six and not have the season pass by then? Mm. That would be weird. Mm. I bought all five of these individually. Time for one more. <laughs> I guess in that case you have to because it's... Mm. You'd think they'd give it to you for free at some point. Hi. Anna? Yes? You disappeared. No. What's going on? I was putting in the question of the Ah, week. what were you thankful for gaming-wise in 2018? How come no one answered this? You guys well, are so ungrateful. Victor answered and said, I'm thankful that we Westerners get access to English versions of as many video games as we do, especially JRPGs. 20 years ago, we were lucky to get anything at all. And half the time, the English translations were hack jobs. And the reason, Anna, that nobody has uh, wrote in is I think they were all too busy clicking on Black Friday deals. <laughs> yep. We mm-hmm. actually didn't buy much for Black Friday. Like nope, I did barely bought anything. This this year didn't have as many amazing games that, you, that were must-buys as last year, I But think. it did... No. We just weren't buying them. Like you Maybe. bought like twenty games last year, Chris. I don't know. I feel like there were more big ones last. Maybe because they were more front loaded in this year. I pre-ordered me something pretty cool. What Would did you, you pre-order? The Mega SG. What's that? Which is like uh, the analog 
you know that Super NT I got? That's like the the Super Nintendo FPGA. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the really yes. nice Super Nintendo emulator. That's a hardware emulator, and it looks yes. crazy, and it's expensive. This is the yes. the Sega Genesis one. Ooh. Yes. So that yeah, looks all awesome. Hard. When's that coming out? I really uh, February. All right. Yeah, I bought no games, but I did upgrade my PC. So. Cool. What'd you What'd you upgrade? Uh. Got a Ryzen five that was on sale cheap. Oh, nice! Since right. it had been like four or five years, it was time. <laughs> all right, what did you all get on Black Friday? What else? Did you do? Did anyone do any deals? Kelly, what did you pick up? Um, just I mean, it wasn't even Black Friday. It was just recently. It was Odin's Fear Left House or because oh, yeah. the flash sale. That was on flash sale. Oh, actually, it was like the Anna themed uh, flash sale because I bought that and Monster Monopiece. Yay, uh, Monster Monopiece! There's tons of Neptunia Strip too. all the girls. Yes. All right, Jonathan, did you pick up anything other than the Mega SG? Uh, gaming wise, no. Okay. Uh, Josh. Nah, just the computer, man. That was enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty good. Uh, Anna, we picked up God of War. Yes, Dad of Kid. Dad of Kid. Um, <laughs> I picked up the uh, the full super-duper copy of Horizon Zero Dawn because it was cheaper than buying the DLC. Yeah, it was like nine ninety nine. right? <laughs> yeah. That was ridiculous. Even though I already own the first game, the, the game. So it's like, well, now I have it digitally and with everything. Um, and then anything else? I swore I bought something else. I don't think I did. Did you get something? You wanted something, right? Me? We got a Switch for I, like I got, $240. Um, I got that the game that was on sale that was like Papers, Please. Oh, yeah. Not tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, that Man, was on sale. we really didn't get anything. Nope. Holy crap, Anna. Yep. Good job. Well done. It's way better than last year, which in turn was way better than previous years. But Yeah. Sometimes I have trouble making Chris not spend money. No, last year was actually pretty good, Anna, because I didn't spend any money during the year and then got all the games that I wanted throughout the year for half off. He's full of crap. No, that's true. And then this year... How many games that you I bought on Black I, Friday have yeah, you played? I know, and that's why this year I neither bought them during the year nor did I buy them on Black Friday. Okay. What See? games are coming out Progress. this week, Oh, oh, wait. we got to have a new question of the week. Okay. Um, I... Talking about the Bethesda bag controversy, I'm curious to know if anybody actually uses anything that comes with a collector's edition. Do you use things that come in CEs? Because technically this counts. I used to wear that pendant that came with Lunar 2. Oh man, I wore that for so long. And I was so afraid of losing it because I would just lose jewelry like crazy, so I ended up retiring it. Um, mine got stolen. Oh. With my Final Fantasy VIII watch, I was pretty upset about it. And I'm pretty sure the copy I have didn't have the pendant. It came with like everything And then I, what? I also display some of the figures. Like I, my I got Sonic a used Mania. Copy, Anna. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. So the Sorry, figures I, of Sonic I, Mania you display, you said, Kelly? Yeah, I I have my Sonic Mania display, or my Sonic Mania statue. With a manual my, now. Yeah, yeah. Yay. And um, I also have that uh, gigantic coin that came with B- Battle for Azeroth. Hey, on, Anna, what's like, on your it, desk right now? What's on my desk right that now? That giant coin from Battle for Azeroth. Yes. 
And um, <laughs> how useful is that? Um, <laughs> that's what you should have thrown at me earlier. You could kill him. I with have that. um, I have the little Final Fantasy fourteen girl that rides on the Galka shoulder. Yeah, that's actually mine, but it lives on your desk for some reason. Yep, because it's cute. <laughs> No. I can't remember if what? that's from a collector's edition or not. No, that, I bought that separate. Okay. Um, what's her name? Nanaimo? Nanamo? I always call her Nanaimo, which is wrong, but that <laughs> makes me hungry because that's the Nanaimo <laughs> bars, which are awesome. The Americans on this call have no idea nah, what you're I talking know. about. It's okay. They, they, they're missing out. They are. Mm. Oh, and I forgot to mention the <laughs> treasure chest that um, had Dragon Quest Heroes. I stuck all of my Dragon Quest games in there. Hmm. I also have, we got it in some sort of collector's edition. It's um, it's a coaster that you flip over and it's either Alliance or Horde. It's made of rubber. It's fantastic. I don't remember which CE that came with. Alliance, Horde, rubber, coaster. Maybe that um, came in a BlizzCon? Apparently it was the BlizzCon 2016... Um, a box thing, bag thing. Ah, oh, the goodie bag. So, yeah, sorry, that wasn't a collector's edition. Eh, it's kind of counts. It was video game swag. Yep. But I've, like, I haven't used my um, messenger bag for, uh, for, from Persona 5 at all, just because I don't really go anywhere. Yeah, I tend to leave all my collector edition stuff in the box on the shelf, even if I open them. But I've got like some maps or some figures displayed, probably or not probably, but I do on some. So it's kind of hit or miss for me. We're at the point I, I've been we... questioning my why am I getting all these CEs still anymore? So I've kind of toned down a lot on getting those these days. Anymore, I only get them from series that I like, love the crap out of. Like Disgaea, Final Fantasy, stuff like that, and even even then, like I didn't get the Final Fantasy fifteen CE just because that was way too expensive. Oh, that did remind me. Did you guys see the Square Enix online sale during Black Friday? No, I did not. Oh, they had really really good deals. Like collector editions were big time. Every, there's tons of stuff discount. You could get a a sealed Greatest Hits Chrono Cross for like four dollars or three dollars, something like that. It was pretty. It was pretty good sales. They usually do have like excellent sales on a lot of their old back catalog. I'm surprised they still have some of that stuff in stock. Yeah, especially the PS1 games. That's crazy. <gasps> Alrighty. So I think that's everything. Time to talk about what uh, came out this week. Yeah, or, or what, what is coming out. Right. Yeah. So, Mutineer Zero Road to Eden is coming, yeah. which Jonathan talked about. Merenian Tavern Story, Patty and the Hungry God, we is available about. now. Um, some other non-RPGs, because that was those two are it for RPGs, basically. Well, uh, we, The Last Remnant. Um, oh, yeah, The Last Remnant Remastered is coming to Steam. And PS4. Is it coming to PS4 this week, too? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdoms coming to a couple platforms. Notably Which, the Switch, right? Not Yeah, um, but it's not really an RPG. It might be less of a Metroidvania than the last one. I'm not sure. Um, Nairi Tower of Shinrin. And you're going to be like, what's Nairi Tower of Shinrin? And, I, and I'm going to tell you why well, I made this list at like 6 in the morning. I don't remember anymore. Um, 
And I'm going to Google it, and I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah. This is the adventure game. It looks really cool where you have you have a rat who's your friend, and you go and you do things. It's an adventure game, and it looks cute. Um, it's on the Switch. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Smash Brothers is coming out this week. Um, and Katamari Damacy re-roll for PC and the Switch. Who's excited to play more Dama- Katamari? No. My wife. All right, good. I can't. The, the, I tried to play the PS2 one and I got motion sick. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for you. I think I've only ever played the Vita one. Hmm. Um, the Vita one is not the best one, that's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly never felt an urge to play another one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll just play the re-roll and tell you guys if it like, brings back the magic of Katamari, and then we can do that again. What's that, on Switch? Oh, great. That's a platform I won't be able to touch this week. All right. You're getting... Yeah, not for forever, though. So Three weeks! Three weeks is forever. Not only did she screw me out of the Switch, she's making me wait till Christmas to use it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, your husband sounds like and, my husband. And apparently the Switch that we bought is not her new Switch. It's my new Switch. So I'm not allowed to use the current one either because that's her Switch. I'm not using it right now. I haven't used it for three days. Mm-hmm. What have you done? Finished Red Dead. What'd yeah. you do? Finished three games because you're Anna and that's what you do and it really mm-hmm. pisses me off. You've finished all those games. Oh my gosh. I haven't played the Switch I since... I haven't played finished. the Switch in almost two weeks at this point. <sighs> I know. <laughs> once, once so again, who's this the is bitch why... now? <laughs> once again, this is why I made a point to get my own Switch when my husband bought... Actually, no, he bought me my Switch for my birthday at the same time he bought his because he knew that I was going to be wanting to constantly borrow it because I game more than he does. So, yeah. Nip that in the bud. I'm in the process of nipping it. He's just being whiny. All right, that's all I got. That's that's the that's new releases. All right, I think that's the end of the show. Woo! Please let me go have lunch. All right. Yes, I need to eat too. I'm <laughs> hungry. Okay. Thanks everybody for tuning in Thank to a very hungry you. RPG cast. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Bye. Everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Gosh, make it end. Where's the stop button?